I don't know exactly what happened, uh, but let's start now. <coughs> this um, what I want to share today is from a Fabrengan that we gave in Parshas Bahar in uh, 1986, Tav Shemem Vav, 87, uh, where Parshas Bahar fell out um, after Pesach and before Lagba Imer. And at Fabrengan, there be give insight both about Pesach Sheni and about, and about Lagba Imer. The, um, just like in time, there are the days of the week in Shabbos, and they're very different. During the days of the week, we're involved in the physical, and Shabbos, we're involved in the spiritual. So too, there are some Jews which are like Shabbos, and some Jews which are like days of the week. Jews which are like Shabbos means Jews who are Torah scholars. They're only the Torah, like Shemba Yechoi, who Torasim Nasi always did with study Torah. And there are other Jews who they have to get involved with, days, with, with, with the mundane. So, just like the Jews came to Moshe today and they said to Moshe that we want to have a, uh, we want to make up for missing out on the first Pesach, Hashem gave them another chance. So, to the Jews who aren't given the opportunity to study Torah all day, they also come to Hashem, they say to Hashem, it's not fair that you let uh, everyone else study Torah all day, and we don't, it's by divine providence, it's not their, their choice of getting involved in business. Hashem made some Jews that they have to get involved in business. It's, it's not their choice, it's Hashem's choice. And they say to Hashem, why is it that we're worse off than the other Jews? Why is it you chose some Jews that can study Torah all day and do mitzvahs all day and just stay involved in the, in the realm of Torah, and other Jews that they have to get involved in the business? Why is it's not fair? So, Hashem responded to Moshe with those Jews who said we missed out on the first Paschal Lamb and Hashem said I'm going to give you another chance. But Hasidus explains it's not just another chance it's actually the second Pesach Pesach Sheni is higher in a way in the first Pesach. Something better with the second Pesach than the first Pesach. And so too Hashem tells the Jews who are involved in business that they have an advantage they have a maila, they have something in them that surpasses the Jews who do not have to get involved in business. They have something be- better in them. Hey, what's Mahstu? Come learn about Chassidus. Word, the word Pesach means to jump. So Pesach Sheni means the second jumping. When uh, a Jew brings a, the Paschal Lamb, brings a Karim Pesach, what happens? He jumps into the infinite light of Hashem. You bring the Pesach, you bring the Karim Pesach, what happens when you bring the Karim Pesach is you jump from where you are, and you reach and connect to the infinite light of Hashem. That's what Pesach means. Pesach Sheni means it's not just you're jumping to reach the infinite light of Hashem, but it's even higher than the first Pesach. What exactly is higher in about the second Pesach than the, the first Pesach? So, not, it's not just that we're reaching this infinite light of Hashem. The Gemara says in Psachim, page Ayin Vavim, that the whole purpose of the Paschal Lamb is to be eaten. Unlike all the sacrifices, which we may eat some of it too, the Paschal Lamb is, diff, is unique in that it's about eating it. It's about, it's about us eating it. So that means although we're reaching this infinite light of Hashem, yet it's not about just staying in the infinite, it's about something that we're absorbing inside of us and becomes part of us. That's what the meaning of, of this sacrifice is uniquely. So what's the meaning of the second Paschal Lamb? How is it better than the first? So if you look in the Mishnah, the Mishnah lists a couple of things that the Paschal Lamb, the second Pesach, is different than the first. One is, when you ate the first Paschal Lamb, you're not allowed to eat chametz. Today, 
even the custom we have to eat matzah today, instead of uh, uh, the Karm Pesach, we're allowed to eat chametz together with the matzah. By the first Paschal lamb, you could only eat, could only eat uh, matzah, you could not eat chametz. So what does that mean? That means this infinite light of Hashem that we reach today, not only is it drawn down to the world in matzah kind of things, in holy kinds of things, it's also brought down into chametz kind of things, brought down into things which are not matzah-like. What does that mean? There are Jews who are Torah scholars, and they experience God in their Torah and their prayer, and that's all they do. So they, they, um, they connect to Hashem in matzah ways. But there are Jews who are businessmen, and businessmen, they're able to accept and connect to Hashem and see Hashem, even the Gashmias, even the physical. There we, Perlov writes in, a story, in, in his Kutus Sipurim, amazing story there, Brahashab, that he says that um, th- there was once two Hasidim, they were arguing about Yehudilah. They were arguing about the higher understanding of the oneness of Hashem. And the argument was can a businessman also appreciate this truth? He also, he also internalizes this truth at the, the higher level of the oneness of Hashem. But there's nothing besides Hashem at all. All there is is Hashem. Without going into intricacies of what it means, but can, can they get it? So one chassid said they could, one chassid said they can't, but it's hard for us to understand this because like, we, we don't get so you know, emotional about, about uh, Torah, but they were really, they got, they, they, it was like a fist fight. They were, they were, they were, they were, one guy took off his shoe, and they, they, it, was, it was crazy. So they came to Rabbi Hashab, because he thought it was sacrilegious. How dare you say <coughs> that a businessman can understand the Chudiyullah? How dare you say that a businessman can get it? it it's, you're insulting the Torah. That's what he felt. So they came to Rabbi Hashab. Rabbi Hashab responded, Torah scholars understand it, maybe. But businessmen could see it. The, the fact that there's nothing besides Hashem, they could see it. So what, 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 what's unique is that they could see it also in Muhammad's, also in the most mundane things. How does it work, though? Samora so says that there was a Roman emperor named Tunis Rufus. He was, was a terrible person. And he used to have conversations with Rabbi Akiva. And one of those conversations with Rabbi Akiva was about Shabbos. He asked Rabbi Akiva, What's special about Shabbos? Why do you think Shabbos is different than the days of the week? So Rabbi Akiva responded, I could prove it to you from the river Sambatyan. There's a river called the river Sambatyan. We don't know too much about this river today. But this river, said Rabbi Akiva, during the whole week, it's very volatile. It throws rocks. The, 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 the river throws rocks out of it. But on Shabbos, the river rests, and the, there's, no, there's no rocks. So you could see in the river itself that Shabbos is different. That's what Rebekah told us to Rufus. So the question Rebbe has is like this. We're, talking about a, not, we're not talking about a verse in the Torah. We're talking about a physical phenomena in the river. And there's non-Jew lives in the world as well. So how come we needed Rabbi Akiva to tell him about the river? Why do you know about the river himself? How come we need Rabbi Akiva to tell him about the river? And if this is something otherworldly, that he needed Rabbi Akiva to tell him, he doesn't know by himself, he can't see it in, the, in this world, so then how does it help Rabbi Akiva? How is he convinced by Rabbi Akiva saying it to him? If it's something that he could see himself, he shouldn't need Rabbi Akiva. And if it's something that he can't see himself, and only, it's something beyond the world. So what does it help that Rabbi Kiva tells it to him? He's, not, he's someone who's asking that he doesn't see anything different about Shabbos. It's not like the, like the Rizhne Rebbe was once in, in class with the other students, and they were learning about how, um, they were learning about how the laws, but what, what do you do if you're caught in the desert and you don't know what day is, what day is Shabbos? So the Rizhne Rebbe asked this teacher, teacher, said, I don't get it how a guy doesn't know what Shabbos. 
and the Rishon Rebbe's uh, not understanding, and the teacher explains to him, well, you went on the road, and you left, and you didn't know, you're in the desert, and you went to sleep, and you woke, and he still doesn't get it. He says to his teacher, just look in the sky. <laughs> look at the sky. He could see on Shabbos, the sky is different. So this Tunus Rufus is not like the Lahavdil, like the Rishon Rebbe. He can't see anything in the sky. So it can't. So so what does it help? The Rikiva tells him about the, about the, the river Sambatin. If he doesn't get it by himself, why is it help the Rikiva tells him? The answer is that Hashem made the world in a way that we are connected to the divine energy that animates the world. Hashem made the world in a way not that the world runs an automatic pilot, but every single moment, every single thing in the world is renewed by Hashem creating that thing again, again and again and again. Every single moment. There's no moment where Hashem is not recreating the world. Hashem could have made the world in a different way. That the world is logically, the way Hashem built logic, um, since the world is something brand new, it's not something that, that um, like even if, the example it says in Tanya, even if, if, if uh, you change the nature of something slightly, you throw a ball to the air, you need, you need a constant force to keep it there. So much more so to bring something totally new into existence, there has to be a constant force for this thing to be there. But that's just according to logic. Uh, but Hashem chose to make the world in, in a way of logic. Hashem chose to make the world in a way that we constantly need the divine force in it because Hashem wants us to connect to Him. And He also built the world in a way that with our logic we could see it. Now, it's not so overt and so clear that without um, making the effort that it's obvious to everyone because then we wouldn't have free will. Hashem wants us to have free will. Since He wants us to have free will, therefore Hashem hid somewhat the godly energy in creation. But he, he didn't hide it in a way that we can't get it with our minds. If we dig deeper into the world, we could see the godly energy in creation. Hey, morning, Abramo. So, if you look deeply, the Rebbe says, every moment we could see in every single detail of the world how it's being animated by Hashem. It's not in a way that sticks out. We have free choice. That's the mission of a Jew. The mission of a Jew is to reveal Hashem in the world. It's not overt, it's not clear. And that's why Tunis Rufus needed Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva didn't prove to him that Shabbos was different from a, from a Pasuk and Chumash. He didn't prove it to him from the Torah. He proved it to him from the world. He, but he proved it to him in a way that this non-Jew could see it too. He revealed to the non-Jew the truth of the Torah. He revealed to the non-Jew the truth of Shabbos. So, and he did in a way that, they, that he accepted it, that he understood it, that he saw it. Indeed, Shabbos is taka different. So what that tells us is that, that this is just a, an example of what a Jew's role in the world is. A Jew is meant to reveal the truth of Hashem in the world itself. It's not overt, it's not obvious, but with a little thought, you could see it. And once you do, you could, you could reveal it and you could explain it in a way that even a non-Jew could also see. So just like this is true regarding Shabbos, regarding Shabbos this is also true regarding everything in the world. For example... The Rebbe said that nature indicates infinite power of Hashem. Every moment, the fact that the world runs uh, in a consistent way, the sun rises every day and it sets every day, it runs in a consistent way. How, what's the reason that the world's able to run consistently? Consistency, it says in Lachsidus, indicates something infinite. Usually, if there's a force, the force, if the force is limited, so then it wanes out, it, it dissipates. But Hashem told Noyach in the, after the flood that uh, day and night, summer and winter, autumn and spring, all this will not change. They'll always go on. And how do they go on? They go on in a way that there's no change whatsoever. 
why, is, why don't they have any change whatsoever? It's because there's an infinite power that's animating them and therefore they can continue on. There are some people, Rebbe says, who think that if they learn science, they would know the reason why it doesn't change. And that it's not really the infinite power of Hashem, it's something which could be explained. It's not the infinite power of Hashem. It's, it's, it, you don't need the infinity to cause the phenomena of the consistency in nature. Some people think, if I would only learn science, I would know that, that science would explain to me why there is this consistency. It's not the infinite power of Hashem, it's something which is rational can be, rational can be explained. But, the Rebbe says, it's not true. Science doesn't tell you why things are the way they are. Science only tells you what things are. Science, for example, said the Rebbe, science tells you that if, you, if, you, if there's a power of gravity in the world, so if you take an object and you throw it and you let go of it, it's, gonna, it's going to hit the, hit, hit the ground. Why is it going to hit the ground? Because the world has, the earth has, this power of gravity. But why does it have the power of gravity? Science doesn't tell you. Science just tells you that the earth has a power of gravity. Science tells you what, doesn't tell you why. So why is it, Taka, that it says, that the, that, that the sun is shining the same way as it did when God made the world? And the, the, the springs and the summer and, this, and autumn and the fall and all these seasons consistently recurring and day and night. Why is it? It's only because the infinite, infinite power of Hashem. And so if you think about it with your thoughts, you're able to discover not just that, in the way that you could see, but again, like, like the story of Akira Akiva, that Akiva revealed to Tunus Rufus that Tunus Rufus should also recognize the truth of Shabbos. And that is the uh, unique mission of Jews who have to get involved in the world and do business. Their role is, in the language of Pesach Sheni, their role is to reveal the infant light of Hashem even in Chometz, even in the mundane. Sometimes, when you're doing business, uh, you could see divine providence in a very clear way. How very little effort, all of a sudden, there's some amazing deal that you see Hashem's guided your steps, Hashem made things happen. Or Chas Shalom, sometimes the opposite. So, so businessmen can see more than Torah scholars. Torah scholars were in the tents of Torah. Another occasion, Rebbe said that nowadays our Torah scholars also see the world a lot because I guess they're not the same kind of Torah. Torah scholars today aren't like Torah scholars. Of, of, so they also get, they're also involved in the world enough to see divine providence. But anyway, so, 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 so that's the message of Pesach Sheni that Rebbe said they could take, that they could see that their mission is, that's how, when they ask Hashem Lam Nigara, why we are worse off than Torah scholars, why we are worse off than those who are able to spend all the day studying Torah. So Hashem says, I'm going to give you Pesach Sheni. I'm going to give you an opportunity to have Pesach, to jump, to reach the infinite light of Hashem, but in a way that's connected to Chametz, in a way that's connected to your life. That's your unique mission. Not your worst, not worse off. You have something unique that you could do that they can't do. You could reveal the truth of Hashem in Chametz. You could reveal divine providence. And you're looking back on your day and your week, the previous episode, any person could look back at the last day or week and see that they see things that didn't make any sense how these things connected. And, and they did. That's, that's the lesson of Pesach Shein. Then the Rebbe continues and says, this Shabbos that, that the Rebbe gave the Fabrenian was, again, the Shabbos after Pesach Sheni and the Shabbos before Lag Beimer. So there's a message also from, as you approach Lag Beimer, especially the Shabbos before Lag Beimer, you have to already begin living with Shem Yochai. First may ask, what do I have to do with Abshim Yochai? Abshim Yochai was a very unique tzaddik, not just a tzaddik, but a, among tzaddikim himself, themselves, he was a unique tzaddik among all tzaddikim. But yet we see that on Pesach, on Lag Beimer, nobody says Tachem. We all skip Tachem. Why do we all skip Tachem? That shows that the, the, the Yantiv, the holiday, is not just for the tzaddikim, not for Shem Yochai, it's for everybody. Everybody skips Tachem. So, what is the yontif? What are we? What are we supposed to learn from Shem Yochai? We're not at the level of Shem Yochai to learn Torah all day like he did. 
his 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 mo was only the study of Torah. He didn't go to work. His students didn't go to work a lot. The Gemara actually says many many people tried to do what Rabbi Shmuel did and they couldn't do it. Many people tried and they couldn't do what he did. So how are we all supposed to learn from Shmuel Yochai? We're not at that level. So the answer is like this: even though we cannot be like Shmuel Yochai all the time. However, every Jew is meant to have a time they spend studying Torah. They have a limited amount of time, but they have time. And that time, while they study Torah, they have to feel that they're like a student of Hashem Yochai, they're totally detached from the world, and all they're doing is studying Torah. Like the Rebbe said that uh, when you're studying Torah, it's supposed to be like Shabbos. You're not, looking from, look, not, you're not answering your phone. Doesn't mean, maybe it doesn't mean you're not looking at your phone, because maybe you're learning Torah from your phone. But not answering your phone, because it's Shabbos. It's Shabbos, like, just like Shabbos. That's the Rebbe's words. It's just like Shabbos. And the Rebbe actually said that if you do this, your family will understand. If, you, if, you, if you, they know that this is like important to you, that this is the time you spend studying Torah, they'll respect it also. So a Jew may say, how can, if I'm responsible for my business, how can I really detach? Like, you can go scuba diving. But when you go scuba diving, why are you alive? Because you have a little thing which is attaching you to the oxygen. It's possible that you're in... Torah right now, completely learning Torah, but you still, you know, you have your phone on in case something happens, you have, you know, the text message, the WhatsApp, the email, you're, you're, you're aware. But how can, if you're responsible, how can you completely detach? How is it possible to completely detach? It doesn't seem that it's a good idea, because you're responsible. You could do lots of other things, but the person may ask, the says, how can I completely detach? So the answer to this, Rebbe quotes a passage in the Medrash, in chapter 52 of Shmitzrabah, it says like this, Rabbi Shemim Yochai many students who weren't so wealthy and they came to a valley. Rabbi Shemim said to the valley, 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 be full of gold coins. Valley, it wasn't San Fernando Valley, it's another valley. Valley, 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 be full of gold coins. You know, you know what a valley is, right? Not a mountain. So immediately, without any work, without any effort, all of a sudden, boom, the valley is full of gold coins. But then he told the students, anyone who takes now is taken from the world to come. So it sounds like that none of the students would want to take, because if they take now, they're losing on the world to come. But the Rebbe said that you look at this Medrash in a deeper way, you could actually see the opposite. There's something else Medrash is saying as well. And that is as follows. Actually, tonight is the anniversary of the day when the manna bread, when the months are to fall. When the Rebbe gave the Fabrengen, it was also the 15th of the year, Shabbos, Apparently Pesach Shini was on Friday, so Shabbos Bahar was the 15th of the year. The 15th of the year is the day when the, man, the manna bread started to fall. What was unique about the, about the man? Unique what, what was unique was that the man was a godly food. <clears throat> it was a physical food, but it remained godly. How so? That when you ate it, you didn't have to go to the bathroom. It didn't have any negative effects on the body. It was pure, holy God food that had no, no negative impact. It was completely absorbed by the body. It was also not just absorbed, but it says elsewhere in Chassidus that the Torah could only be learned by those who st- by those who ate the man, which means two things. Number one, people ate the man and no worries, but also the man itself made you more refined. It, it, I think Chassidus compares the man to the matzah on Yid Matzah and Pesach. So the matzah itself gives you faith in Hashem. The matzah itself has faith in Hashem as, as a spark of Hashem in it. Rem Rash says when you're eating matzah, you're eating godliness. So you eat matzah, you're eating not just a food that is a mitzvah that Hashem told you to eat, but the food itself that you're eating is godliness. And that's why the Rizal says, by the eating the matzah, you're nourishing your faith in God all year. 
In a similar way, Rabbi Shimon Yochai told the students that if you take these coins you're taking from Gan Eden, what he meant to tell them was that there's a spirit, if you will be my student, not all day, but even some of the day, if you'll detach and you'll cut the cord and you'll scuba dive and you won't completely let go, completely, not that you're also just a case, your phone is face up, your phone is face down. No, there's nothing. You're not involved at all. You're totally cut off. It's Shabbos for you. If you do that, says Shem Yochai, then, then I promise you that you will see in your business that you will have coins from Gandhi. Coins that you could use. They're golden coins, coins that you could use. But these coins will be like from Ghanaian, meaning they'll have a supernatural, infinite blessing in your finance, finances. By you cutting off from the physical and spending time studying Torah, instead of it weakening, instead of you being in a precarious position, the opposite, Shemuel Chai says, if you'll be my student, you'll see miraculous success in business. As Rebbe once said, that every moment you spend studying Torah brings hours of success in business, which means you spend time in business and not have success. It's a waste of time. You the opposite sometimes. So, so Shem Yochai says, if you'll be my student, you'll see that the coins, the physical finances in your life, you'll see they come from Ghanaian and they have a supernatural blessing in them. So it's not that he's telling the students not to take. He's telling them to take. Take now from what's, what's higher than the world. If you'll be my student, yes, we can't be a student all day, but if you'll be my student for a part of the day, you have a time set off in the day, that's Shabbos, you will, you will see a miraculous blessing. So these are the two lessons we have from Pesach Sheni and from Lagbeinu. From Pesach Sheni we learn that a businessman has to feel that his role is not less than the Torah scholar. He says to Hashem, I'm worse. Why am I worse? Hashem says, you're not worse. There's something you do that they can't do. You could bring, they only see Galinus and Matzah. You can see Galinus and Chametz. That's your role. That's why Hashem gave you this role to, to do business. But number two, so they have to be involved in the world. They have something unique to do. On the other hand, we see from Lagbeinu that part of the day they're meant to detach completely and be a student of Shem Yuchai, and not only that not hurt their business in other words you may, Hashem may have given you a mission to Chavetz Chaim Chavetz Chaim had a student who um, had to join the Polish army so he asked the Chavetz Chaim if he's, if he's allowed to eat non-kosher the way I heard the story was Chavetz Chaim said he could his life is in danger he's in the army he's allowed to eat non-kosher so Chavetz Chaim visited him once in the army and he, and he, he started to cry and the student said, and it was dinner time. And he visited him, he's eating, seeing, like, he's a plate of non-kosher food. He says, why, why, why are you crying? He says, you told me I like non-kosher. He says, yeah, but why, why, why are you sucking the, sucking the bones? Remember, right? Why are you sucking the bones? So in a similar way, maybe Hashem has told us that we have to get involved in the world, but our yearning, what we want has to be, we want to study Torah. We learn from Pesach Sheni that Hashem gives us a mission in the world as well. True. But the will of Lagbeimer that we have to yearn for to study Torah and to actually set aside time every day that that's our Shabbos, that time we enjoy. You're allowed to enjoy part of the day. It will bless your business if you enjoy part of the day. It's not like you, you know, I owe it to myself. You owe it to your business. You, you work in the business, you have to also work on the business. What does it mean to work on the business? That you're doing something else. It's not directly connected to your business, which is, which is helping your business. So just like, just like Shabbos, every, every day Shabbos is, a, every week Shabbos is a day that blesses your business. You don't think I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing business for the sake of Shabbos. You know Shabbos blesses your business. So to time spending, spend being a student of Shem Yechai, time every day you spend in a Shabbos stick away, you should know that it says it's not hurting your business, it's blessing your business, helping your business. You're working in the business sometimes, and when you're studying Torah, you're working on the business. You're giving every moment, brings hours of success. L'chaim, 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 Any questions, comments? But all the time they said uh, you have to bow to Rebbe's 
because the knowledge you have is picking But I never say bow to the the man working in the field. Oh, you're saying it says in the Torah to honor, honor, honor those who are studying the Torah. It doesn't say to honor the ones who are working. So, so, so interesting. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if this answers your question or not, but I, I think it was the Reb Marash. The one served... I, I know, but you're saying a point. I, I, the Reb Marash, the one served the Reb Marash, Mayim um, Achreinim, in, in a silver... You know, they make, they make you know Mayim Achreinim is, right? After you, wa- after you eat bread, you're supposed to wash your fingertips. They, they brought the Maimar Khrainim in a silver cup. So the said, that's something which, which, which after Mashiach will come. Then there'll, be, that, then there'll be appropriate that there'll be a silver cup for the Maimar Khrainim. And he explained that the Maimar Khrainim is associated, it's not for today, but the Maimar Khrainim is associated with, with business. And that although a person may involve the business, a holy purpose for it, but there's also some negative as well. There's also some negative. It's not totally. It's, it, yeah, you're ruling Hashem in the world, but there's also there's also some challenges you have because of that too. It's not. But Mashiach will come. It'll be revealed the opposite. It'll be revealed. Mashiach will come. That the Ma'ima Chaynim, which is our involvement in the world, will be will be something to put it, to put into a silver cup. Thank you. That was recorded for today. Yeah. Okay. So I. Uh, it's good. It's the beginning. Fantastic.